This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 537 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Thursday, April 5th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on? Well, the, the listeners won't know this, but we've spent the last like 20 minutes talking about the Hurlbutts. <laughs> the, the, the famed Hurlbutts, Dustin and David, not related because their name is a little bit different. Uh, there's a t, an extra T on the end. Or maybe they are related and, and one of them added the extra T to separate from, from his brother. That, that uh, seems most likely. C- I mean, how many Hurlbutts like, can you uh, – Can there be? And Hurlbutts with variations. By the way, the least surprising thing, and I mean this in a positive way, is that uh, – that, so it's the top 100 minor league names – and uh, Cespedes Barbecue guys wrote it. Like, of course they did. Yeah, they're great. Of course they did. They're awesome. And some of these names, including the Hurlbutts, um, you know, I was going to give them – well, he's not the number one. He's number two. Sicknarf. Sicknarf Loopstock. What a fuck – what a name. <laughs> what? I, see, I almost got me F-bombing right off the top, Sicknarf. It's actually Francis backwards, but it's a great, great name. Well, Sicknarf. In, in- it's just perfect with the last name. I mean, like you, you, the combination of the two is straight out of the East West Shrine Bowl uh, <laughs> Keen Pill sketch. That yes, it is, it is. It's like absolutely perfect. Uh, and I wish he was on my slow pitch softball team. Yeah, because like Sicknarf Jones makes the list, but he's not number two. Sicknarf Loopstock is number mm-hmm. two. Yeah, like that. That is definitely number two. Phoenix Sanders, uh, Franklin Van Gerp is a great name. <laughs> I I regret to inform y'all that Miguel Flames does not pitch. That would be uh, amazing. Obi Rickumstrict, R I C U M Strict, Rickumstrict. J D Murders. I hope he has power. That'd be great. I'm not gonna name them all. Top 100 names. I'll uh, I'll put the link. I'll put the link in the show notes because it's it's great. They did a great job, Sesame's Barbecue guys. Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman, well done. Well done. Gave us something to laugh at, the hurl butts. But we got to talk some baseball, some other baseball, some on-the-field baseball. We're going to talk a few uh, injury guys coming and going. And then we're going to get into some performances again uh, on the positive and negative and kind of give our thoughts on, on where we're at with them. But let's start with the injury news. Michael Conforto. Back and leading off, 
I'll tell you what, man, this one, this one surprises me. This is not how I saw this playing out. I was fully avoiding Conforto because I thought already missing a month, shoulder injury's not good. I'm just not going to deal with it. And it looks like I might have a big miss here. We'll see, right? First off, right off the top, him returning this early is a huge win. Um, but we'll see how the shoulder goes. It's looking great, though. I can't imagine that that Conforto would be coming back if the shoulder uh, wasn't feeling good. But then I'm reminded that it's the Mets. Yeah, I was so, just about to say, like, so counterpoint who, is no. Mets. So what do you think about this, though? Did you have any Conforto shares? Uh, was he somebody that, you know, you were avoiding because of the health? And and how surprised are you that he's starting on April 5th, leading off today? I didn't think he'd be back till like, end of May, early June. Oh, so you were even – yeah, I was thinking mid-May. I was like, minimum a month, then tack on two weeks. That's where yeah. I was at a minimum. with Because you had to think he was going to be out for a while, considering just the severity of the injury. It's a bad um, injury. And, People and, were freaking out when it happened, like, this is going to be career-altering. And, and that's what everybody thought, and – uh, you know, he was going so low. So I, I definitely grabbed some shares, got him, I believe, in both of my NFBC leagues, uh, which is awesome, uh, especially because I was able to, you know, throw him into the lineup uh, with the midweek ads. Um, and then I got him in Tout Wars for two bucks. So uh, I'll get to get Adam in. I'm, he's going to go ham today because the, the format in Tout Wars is you can't add him till like the day after he's activated. Yes. And so, like, today he's going to hit three home runs, steal, like, two bases. You know, it'll be like a 14-inning game where he goes seven for seven. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and, and then he'll get hurt, and I'll get none of that. Um, perfect. So, uh, but, you know, like you said, uh, you have to think that the Mets would not be messing around with, you know, a huge part of their future. Uh, if he wasn't 100% ready to go, uh, I you know there was talk that he could even make the opening day roster. So yeah. I mean, this and, is obviously a guy who, and he was looking good in those games that he did play in spring training. So. And it, yeah, it turns out it wasn't BS for Conforto because I thought that was a little like let's let's gas it up a little bit, get folks excited, but then push come to shove, it's still going to be three to four weeks. But no, here we are, April fifth, Michael Conforto leading off. I'm I'm hoping for the best. You know, I, I've got nothing against him. It was just an injury risk. I didn't want to. Mess with but the dude hit 27 yaks in 109 games last year i mean he is he is a great hitter and if he continues to uh show some improvements against lefties i mean that's going to be massive like he only hit 212 against them but but with six homers in his 21 hits so if he puts a little power against lefties for conforto he absolutely decimates righties and he could be one of the better hitters in the game and and this mets team i tell you what you know they need health, right? Obviously, most teams do, but I think it's 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 paramount for them specifically because of how much of their excellence uh, or potential excellence is tied up in their pitching and how volatile health can be with pitching. That I think health is in bigger focus for the Mets and with all the issues that they've had with things too. So um, you know, but getting him back, this this could be massive. They are off to a, a three and one start, but interestingly, just three homers. Two by Cespedes and one by Tra- Travis Darno. Um, well, you know, know Bruce and, and Frazier uh, will get in on it, and I as Drupal will get his, you know, yeah. fifteen plus. I mean, Adrian this Gonzalez has gone from a 30. team that was kind of like eh to like I think they're a legit wild card contender. I mean, obviously the Nats are probably going to run away with that division, 
barring something go that far i don't know you don't think so you don't think the the nationals run away with that they're my they're my national league pick for the world series so let's not there's none there's no anti-nats here my thing is though if if the Mets avoid any serious injuries, right? You can have a guy, even Thor, even their best guy, can go on for a tenor. You know, you can have one DL stint that's just kind of more of a, hey, I felt a little something, so we're just going to get the 10 days, like something like that. If they avoid a major injury to Syndergaard or DeGrom uh, or Cespedes and Conforto, let's say that, let's say they're, they're, they're key four there, that they're not out for over a month, I could see them sticking around. And hanging out and hanging with the with the Nats. I still pick the Nats. They're my team. Uh, again, going all the way in the NL. But this Mets team, it's not sexy. There's not a lot of outside of like the the guys that I mentioned. It's 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 a lot of like average veteran types. But when you're average everywhere, and if Med Rosario keeps hitting, you know he's off to a fast start in five games. It's nothing yet. But if he keeps hitting. I don't know. I, I I really see some some upside here with this ball club, um, and I don't know that the Nats are going to run away and hide, but we'll see. We'll, well see. I mean, they, they're, they're looking your, strong too, by the way. To your point, like I think the Mets are the deeper team. Like the, the Nationals lineup is just unreal, and having you know Scherzer and uh, and Strasburg at the top of the rotation is you know. It, of, to me, above Syndergaard and Degrom, but at least equivalent. Um, but like, if they suffer two or three really bad injuries, you know, they what could, are they doing? You know, it's you know, if they go through what the Giants went through last year and are now currently going or through going again, through again, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. This and if is it's awesome. Out, if it's to the outfield, you have Robles, but then what do you have anywhere else? Mm-hmm. If it's to the pitching, to even Geo or Roar let alone one of the top two. Then you're relying on Fetty and, and A.J. Cole and, uh, you know, guys like that. Whereas, like, the Mets, like, you know, guys are probably going to get hurt considering the history, but, like, they've got South Lugo. They've got Jason Vargas who's oh. coming back. Right. Zach Wheeler actually looked really, really good in spring training. Yeah. They've got Chris Flexen. Um, like, the, the Mets they got are guys deep. who can fill in. That you're not mm-hmm. that you're not you know embarrassed by. You put Robert Gazelman in. He showed some things when he first came up. I remember he was getting buzz off of that first season uh, when he had 45 solid innings. People were saying, "Okay, he I was might be the next that, big yeah. thing." Me too. He flopped last year, 5.19 ERA. The skills basically matched it, but he's only 24 and he has some good stuff. So he's solid. Seth Lugo, you mentioned Zach Wheeler is like an afterthought right now. And he's, he's been getting back healthy. So I agree with you that if it does become a battle of attrition, you start to tip the scales a little bit toward the Mets. So we're keeping an eye on Conforto. I hope for the best. Um, you know, even though I have, don't have any shares, I just, I would like to see him rake because he's fun to watch when he's beasting. Uh, let's move over to Eduardo Rodriguez. Another guy who's been hurt, and I laid off of because of it. And mainly for his, it was because it's a chronic injury. It's this lower half, the knee injury. Uh, it continues to be an issue. And yet now it's looking like he could start on Sunday. A quicker start to his season than I expected. I love the talent when he's pitching. Eduardo Rodriguez has shown that when he's right and pitching, he's a real solid arm. He can be kind of in that upper threes, low fours. I think some of the low fours ERAs that he's put together have been um, injury-induced blow-up starts, kind of pushing a high threes into the low fours. I think he's a true talent mid to low threes guy with a strikeout per inning stuff. Uh, 25-year-old lefty Eduardo Rodriguez is returning. Again, same question as with Conforto. Did you 
gain shares, and, and are you excited about uh, about him returning? I'm excited about him returning because he's a guy that I've been a big fan of, um, and we're definitely not talking about the 66-year-old right-hander, right? Because right? that's, no. that's the page I brought up for some reason. No. Wrong, um, Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, so, uh, all right, now I'm, on the, now I'm on the 24-year-old left-handers. Uh, so, he's a guy I've, I've liked for a really long time, but I just... For me, he's one of those guys I don't want in a deeper league because you need those innings, and I just don't trust him to pitch above 130 uh, because he's only done it once, even though it was last year. Uh, and, and I don't play in a ton of sh- shallow leagues. Like, I don't play in, like, any 10-team leagues. I think the only 12-team league I play in is Tout Wars. And, like, you can't rely on a guy like that in a 15-team league to, you know, be a big part of your rotation. Uh, you, you want guys who are going to get 140 to 160 innings uh, at least. And so I, I love the skills. If I, if he ever does stay healthy, uh, I think he could turn into a stud. But Agreed. I'm just not banking on it. Now, that's where I'm at with Eduardo Rodriguez as well. Again, keeping an eye um I do play in in a couple of shower leagues. I think on the ten team, he might actually be available. And I think he's DL'd, but but we'll see. Somebody that you know I could see using in a in a DFS situation mm-hmm. because I do like him, and uh, that way you only you're only relying on Eduardo Rodriguez for that night. But it just wasn't a full season investment that I was ready to make again because all of his injuries, while they're not arm related, they are the same. They continue to be that knee and lower half for him. So that's why I laid off on Eduardo Rodriguez. Christian Yelich left Wednesday's game with an oblique injury, and I am perhaps overly fearful of of oblique anything. You know, it's not it's not even like a DL stint or it's just oblique soreness or whatever. I just instantly get scared, and so that that was a bummer to see because I'm really big on Yelich this year. Uh, Vlad Sadler, who we had on, was uh, that, that that's his big. Hey, this is my guy who from those mid rounds who could rise up and be an MVP candidate. He's really big on him. So I am I am nervous. I, I hope I hope it's just a little bit of soreness and maybe misses Thursday and and then is back. Obviously it'd be great if he didn't even miss Thursday, but I'm a little bit nervous on this. Do you overreact like I do when you see um when you see oblique or or are you just take it in stride when it's when it's just leaving the game i tend to overreact a little bit internally uh but then we see things like you know we we kind of reacted to the aaron hicks situation and now aaron hicks yeah. looks like he's going to be back in a few days so for a few in a few days for a few yeah, days exactly i love aaron hicks but man i gotta see like yeah, I, and I did overreact to that too, or at least sharply react because he had oblique injuries so much last year. I will say this. We could see Yelich get the day off because it's John Lester, a lefty, and it could be an easy way of saying, hey, we're giving him a day off for the lefty, even if it is the um, uh, the oblique that's that's earning him the day off. So that, that, that'll be interesting to see tonight. So, I mean, obviously just in wait-and-see mode, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate for – you know, guys like you and Vlad, who were who who have a lot of shares or or are very uh, you know expensive shares. Like you, you have him in your main on your main event yeah. roster. Um, he he started off super hot, um, and the ground ball rate has you know been a lower. You know, the fly ball rate hasn't been higher, but uh, you know he's he, he's at least spraying the ball. Hit his first home run the other day, so uh, you know it's unfortunate. There's not much you can really do. It's not like there's a guy who's readily available on the waiver wire that you can go pick up if he is on the DL. 
it's yeah. just going to get spread around to the guys who, you know, were were starters anyways. You know, you won't be seeing Santana sit. won't be seeing Braun sit as much. You know, you can put him back out in left field, put Santana in right. And, uh, you know, Thames, Thames is, the, is the guy who, who gets more playing time. And in, uh, in deeper formats, like your, your NL only, uh, what Aguilar uh, may, you know, yeah. get some uh, get some work. So if, if for some reason – uh, he's still available in your NL only. If uh, if Yelich hits the DL, then go get him. But it, it's a weird injury because he he said he didn't know how it happened. Yeah, he didn't even remember when when he might have injured the oblique, which is like total like thing that doesn't happen until like you're in your like mid to late thirties, <laughs> where like all of a sudden like you you wake up one day and you're like, oh my back hurts. Ah, something oh, I get hurt side. so often like, and I don't even know how it. <laughs> Like, like I'm like my my body just stopped working at age thirty. Like you know, and Yelich is Yelich is still young. Like he shouldn't be, uh, you know. And they're calling it stiffness, so maybe that's not as big of an issue. Maybe he did sleep wrong or something. I don't know. Yeah, Um, but I'm gonna temper the 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 overreaction here. I I don't want to go too crazy on the Yelich thing again. They face a lefty tonight. You could see Aguilar in there. He's a righty. He does mash lefties. And it's an easy way to just give him a day off because there's a lefty. Not that I think Yelich is, you know, plausible against lefties. He's always been a full-time starter, so it's not even something where it's like, oh, we have to do this. But it's an again easy way to just say, hey, take a breather. We'll get you back tomorrow. No big deal. Um, so, but but don't freak out. Don't make it. It's not actionable. It's something where you just kind of wait and see. Like you said, there's nothing to do except see what's what. And I'm to- I'm totally stacking Brewers tonight against Lester. Dude, I'm so out on Lester. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's not just the Miami stuff. I, I never, I never came close to drafting him this year. And that's one of those interesting things when you're ranking. And I, and I, I kind of had like a. I remember I was driving. Uh, I think when I went to the UT game, and I was kind of in traffic, and I, you know, you just start thinking about baseball if you're doing it right. At mm-hmm. least that's what I do. I just sit there and start thinking about baseball. And I was thinking like. Should like an SP ranking specifically, maybe not every ranking list, but but in each position, but SP specifically, are you trying to guess the final ranking of of the guys, or or is it a straight up draft list? And these are the assets that you want, and you might acknowledge. And the example that I had in my head was, I might acknowledge that I think J Hap will probably end up as like a top fifty pitcher this year, but I'm not taking him over guys that their high their their most likely probability is to finish behind him but their their upside probabilities put them well ahead of Jay Hap. You know, do you rank those guys ahead of him? And that's something that I kind of debated with Lester too. And it's on a, it's actually on a higher end than Jay Hap because John Lester is up in like the 30s or whatever and I was like I'm never taking him there, though. I ended up putting him 46, and I was a little bit truer to the idea of where I'm drafting John Lester, and so I did put some of those guys. How do you normally do it? Are you, are you trying to say this is close to what I think the end of the season will be, or this is more of how I'm drafting guys? You know, I mean, if I'm – I'll be honest, and I, I don't know that everybody in the industry is as honest as I'm about to be. I make two sets of rankings, one that I kind of release out to the public uh, yep. and one that's for myself. 
And a the, lot of folks do that. And, you know, the one for myself is where I think they're going to end at the end of the season. So okay. that, that's where I'm going to have Jay Happ um, in, you know, in the top, you know, 45. So uh, that's the one for yourself. That's interesting. I would have thought maybe it was the other way where you put mm-hmm. that one out and then you keep the one that's like a draft list and, no, and like Sean Mania's 38th or something. The reason I do it that way is because I think the majority of the public uses industry ranks as a draft list. Mm-hmm. And okay. so I'm trying to cater to what I think the industry or what what the consumers, um, you know, what the people who are reading our stuff want. You know, I okay. think they look at our cool. stuff as as you know, they're, they're draft guides. And so uh, I want to give them an idea of this. If I was drafting today, this, this is, is how what I, I would be. Doing. Yeah. This is where it's, I would go. It's a battle I always have. And, and I always wonder, and like I said, I had it the other way. And so you're looking at it this other way. So maybe I, maybe I'm, I'm wrong to worry and, and, and should trust people that they see it as more of a draft list. But then I get a question of like, Oh, do you really think this guy's going to finish above that guy? I'm like, on my highest probability outcome, no. But when I draft the other guy, the upside guy, the mm-hmm. the the, the up and comer with the flashy stuff over the boring, solid, steady Eddie, uh, yes, I would draft the the upside guy. So it it it's a balance. It, it's a balance for sure. And um, you know, I I wasn't drafting Lester, and I did rank him more of like put him forty sixth because you should take all these upside guys ahead of him. With him, it's just he's great. Uh, you know, he's he's had a great career, I should say, with Lester. It was a hot potato thing. I don't want to be left holding. Mm-hmm. I'd rather jump off a year early than a year late. And sorry, it's just it's just going to. And I, I think, yeah, I honestly think last year might have been the indicator of, hey, that would have been a year like you're going to be a year late if you keep going here. He's 34. Um, he had a 433 last year. Lester did. The skills were, were pretty close to that with a 410 FIP. Too many homers, more hits. Can the defense cover everything? You know, he's got the flaws where he can't throw to bases or whatever. And like, you know, it's a little sideshow, but at some point it, it can cost you. It runs that, too. Yeah, or it, it, it can take away double plays. It can, um, you know, it leaves men on base. When he overthrows it, you know, guys can take an extra base or two. Uh, it's, it's not like something, you know, I, I know people like to point and laugh. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's actually something that matters in terms of his overall value. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Like I said, it was a sideshow when he's beasting and he can just strike out the next guy. But as that effectiveness starts to wane, every out becomes very, very crucial. And so it's just not a guy like I'm not writing his obituary here for John Lester and saying he's totally done. I could see a solid similar season to last year like a 410 ERA as opposed to the uh it was a 410 FIP last year 433 ERA something like that or even like a 390 under 4 but but do I really want like do I care no I don't so okay anyway that was a little tangent there let's talk about some performances let's start on the high and let's start with Shohei Otani man I mean this guy we've talked about the pitching side it's time to talk a bit about the hitting side though back to back homers um one off Kluber yesterday. Kluber trying to sneak that terrible fastball by him. He says, no, I don't think so, Tim. Drops it 400 the other way. It's awesome, man. I've been enjoying the hell out of Shohei Otani. Now, I was dubious on the hitting. I'm not saying uh, – and, and let me rephrase that. I'm still dubious on the hit. This does not change it completely for me. The comp I've always given is, is Jock Peterson. 
and Jock Peterson's had back-to-back homers in games, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like this doesn't completely flip it, and now he's a superstar hitter. But I've been impressed, and I'm intrigued by this to the highest degree that that it's it's working so far. Great first outing, hitting well. This is so cool. What have you seen out of Shohei Otani's hitting, um, and how has it, what was your outlook coming in, and how has it maybe changed, if it has at all? I don't necessarily know that. Uh, it's changed it all. I think he still is uh, super raw um, as a hitter, and I think that could improve at some point. Actually, so I think it has. I think it has uh, changed maybe a little bit because I, I, I think coming into the season, I thought that uh, eventually they would just tell him, "Listen, l- let's stop this hitting thing." And I th- exactly that I was the concern, now, right? Yeah, I think now we're looking at a guy who is going to be hitting. Uh, all year, which I, I, you know, I, I guess there, you know, there, there are actually, I guess the majority of formats outside of like NFBC um, and Yahoo, uh, you can play him as a hitter or a pitcher. So in daily moves leagues, that that has value, um, you know, in fan tracks or uh, uh, CBS, ESPN. Like if you're playing a daily moves league, you can move him into the DH slot or your util slot. Um, when he's not pitching. So I guess there is some added value to that. Uh, he struggles with breaking stuff still. And I think it's just because he hasn't seen the level of breaking stuff in the major leagues because it's just not there in Japan yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that I think he'll get better over time, but I don't think he is ever going to be Babe Ruth. No, I I don't either. And again, these two homers should not completely change your outlook on him. Um, Again, if you're going with a comp like the one I had, Jock Peterson, or something similar to that, these are power hitting guys. Even you know, even a mediocre to to bad power hitter. uh, You know, Matt Davidson has four homers already. All right, like Mm -hmm. hitting two homers in five games should not greatly change, or three games for, for, for Otani, should not greatly change your outlook. It is cool that he's hitting, though, and in the the formats that allow it, the, the websites that allow it, it's a nice little bonus to have somebody that's that's a primary pitcher that you can slot in on an off day and maybe get a few knocks and maybe get a yak. So that's pretty cool. So I've, I've been enjoying it. Obviously, Otani is somebody that we're going to have a, a close eye on all year long. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in full Otani fever uh, but mostly due to his pitching, I, I I just I love it. I love it, and you know he's got a four twenty nine ISO right now. Hey, stud, Mike Trout, who mm-hmm. second best hitter on his team uh, now. Mike Trout is. It's tough. He got replaced right away by Otani. Sorry, man, had to do it. Uh, your favorite player ever, Brandon Belt, starting strong a little bit, and you know the 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 caveat just one time. We know every little thing that we're talking about here does not mean that these guys. Uh, we're not going overboard on small samples. So when I say starting well, it's because he's got six hits and 17 at-bats. But you actually wanted to talk about him. I will say he started on the road, and I figured that the homer was there. But the homer was actually yesterday against Felix at home. Mm-hmm. Brandon Bell, you changing your tune? You now think he's the greatest player ever? Is that correct? I'm changing my tune uh, a little bit um, because, you know, and in it's not that I think he's going to turn into some top 10 first baseman uh, or anything, but I think he, he he made an obvious swing adjustment. The swing is more compact. 
he showed opposite field power uh, in AT&T Park yesterday. Uh, and that wasn't, like, necessarily an awful pitch either. It just, you know, it he just drove it the other way. And the, the, the swing change gave him enough power to get uh, get there. AT&T Park is an awful place to hit. He's not going to be a guy who hits 25 to 30 home runs. Especially for a lefty. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he, like he doesn't have extreme value, but in OBP formats, um, I think he's actually going to be a decent value, and he's uh, he's available in a ton of leagues because he was god awful last year. So, yeah. you know, I don't love him. You know, I I wish he wasn't the first baseman on my own team, um, but like I got him in Tout Wars because I got him for like I think a buck, uh, and I'm actually pretty happy with what i've seen so far see the the way that you for, for those that don't remember um jason uh, justin's tout wars team is super heavy it's a head-to-head it's a head-to-head auction he's 12 teams and so he really stacked the pitching i mean he's I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating here he has scherzer and kershaw that pretty much tells you all you need to know but he also has carlos martinez robbie ray johnny cueto um he mixed in garbage bags like kyle gibson for some reason um uh, but but chris stratton baby <laughs> Chris Stratton. Uh, I also Sonny have Felix Hernandez. <laughs> and you do have Felix, by the way, which is, yeah. Um, but what was what's interesting about it is it is it helped you or or forced you, based on, on your salary, to take some chances on offense and fi- uh, uncover some spots that maybe you wouldn't have gone to. Like you mentioned, the Conforto, you took a $2 gamble. Why not? Because if you can spike it and you get a stud, a $20 player for 2 bucks, like that's huge. Mm-hmm. Not that you wouldn't do it if you didn't build – um, a great pitching staff, but the fact is that it, it you were forced to in this method. Which, by the way, you, why'd you cheat? <laughs> well, why um, did you? Why'd again, you do that? I, I'm sorry. Like I, I know, like I, I, viol- I violated some sort of unwritten rule of fantasy. Yeah, I had a friend. Um, his name's Brian. Don't worry about his last name. Mm-hmm. He does play. He does play major league ball. Um, he texted me and. He alerted me to the fact that you cheated in our league. He was checking I, I, I bunted in the ninth inning of our auction. Yeah, he saw that, and uh, I'm I'm curious as to why you cheated right in front of us. Why did you game the system? How dare you game the system in a game? Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's really unfortunate. <laughs> Obviously, I have no class. You're um, classless, dude. Yeah. Come on. For those that don't know what we're talking about, Justin again took a took a, a an unorthodox approach. Did, like did a new strategy. And for some reason, people are are crapping on it in a Dozier-esque way, the crotchety douchebaggery of like unwritten rules saying he gamed the system. Well, first off, it's a fucking game, right? We're playing a game. Everything is gaming the system. Mm-hmm. And secondly, how stupid do you have to be to like try to suggest that there's any sort of wrongdoing or underhandedness yeah. just because he didn't do one of the like two or three strategies that is accepted and lazily done by everybody myself included by the way I, I don't always think outside the box and so i loved what you did and i think it's absolutely absurd that you would get a shred of of hate well and i mean like you know and i've gotten a lot of love too like i mean you should like you know todd zola was like like just in awe of what I did when we talked uh, on the radio the next day. And, uh, um, but you know, yeah, there's, there's been some people who have um, been 
not as nice, either didn't understand what I was doing or still don't understand what I was doing, or feel like I manipulated the rules or something. I, I don't I don't get it personally. Um, you know, I I I saw the format, I ran the numbers and I went, Why not try this? Especially if everybody's gonna do the opposite. Uh and it's, Which you you pretty much knew that people weren't going to do the same thing, right? Like you, I knew you, as soon as the auction started, I figured someone would try it. I mean, I figured I wouldn't be the only person. I mean, they maybe they wouldn't go as extreme as I did, but I figured mm-hmm. someone would go pitching heavy because it's a points league, and that's what points leagues are all about, right? I mean, you know, pitchers score the most points, so why not load up on pitchers? Exactly. Uh, but I think people are, you know, were so kind of locked into their roto mindset, and this league was a you know a roto categories league. Uh, the previous couple of years. So I think people were just kind of locked in. Oh, I got to spend this much on hitting this much on pitching. And I, I went the opposite. And, uh, you know, I, I hope it works. If, if it completely falls apart, because there is a lot of risk to it. Um, I'm going to look like an idiot, but uh, that's what you get for cheating. Yeah, if exactly. It doesn't work. Right. You know, you couldn't even win and you cheated, Justin. You cheated but... <laughs> and you didn't even win dog. So, but uh, yeah, I don't get like, and, like, I think some people have said, like, gaming the system as a compliment, like, hey, you figured out a way maybe to, you know, you know, outplay people, and, like, I appreciate that, but I don't think it's gaming anything. I think it's, you know, I, I think it's playing the game, and this, you know, at the end of the day, this is a game, and you gotta, you gotta try to outplay people, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna stand here and say, like, I'm the best, uh, you know, uh, analyst in terms of scouting or the or the best numbers guy like there there are, are guys who are way better at that even on this podcast that i am but like i'm gonna try what, to outplay what, people you. uh well i was talking about jason damn um, <laughs> it i knew you were gonna say that that's really funny <laughs> uh but i you know i'm gonna try to outplay people and you know that's what i tried to do and so i find it interesting that people don't accept that this is a game and you've got to try to play the game yeah do different things. Like when you told me that, first off, the easiest thing was the was the Dozier the, joke. The Dozier, yeah. <laughs> but then I, I, after I was done being dumbfounded at the fact that some people would actually try to gripe and and have any any sort of issue with it, it it stuns me, man, and it and it angers me too because it's it's so so stupid. Like I don't care what it is. If the strategy is within the rules, then it's fine. And if it needs to be closed off because it's too, you know, too overpowered or something like that, then the next year you can close it off. Whatever it is, the leagues where you can get away with doing all relievers because there's no innings minimum or something like that. If you want it closed off in your league and you're the commissioner, that's fine. But you do it after the season and and. You probably shouldn't, though. You should encourage different ways. To, like, if we're all playing the same way, that's stupid. Well, and yeah, what, and I mean, it's important for people to see different, you know, different strategies. And, and, you know, even if it doesn't work, even if it completely blows up in my face, I at least proved it didn't work. Exactly. And at least you tried something. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we see this in sports, not just in fantasy, right? You, you never have to explain when you fail the, the standard way. But you do something like Gabe Kapler did, trying to conserve his his number one guy. I'm not justifying the you know bringing in Hobie Milner when he hadn't warmed up and all that stuff after. I'm talking about just the first game. 
and like he failed unconventionally and so oh he's the worst but if he leaves him out there too long and and the seventh inning goes sideways and he gives up four runs and they lose that and way i argue too like he like had the bullpen not blown up in the eighth inning two innings after he pulled noah like would we be talking about him like no. oh i can't believe he you know pulled nola and like i don't think he should have but like that wasn't the reason they lost the game Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, we see it in football a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Punting. It's so easy. Like, that's why that's why it's a, it's a phrase that's used outside of football, punting on stuff, because it's an easy way to just get away with with failing and, and not having to answer for it. You just punt and say, well, you know, I punted. That was the right move. But if you try stuff and you fail, that's, well, why didn't you just punt? So anyway, I, I love the strategy that you did. I, I hope you finish second behind me. It's going to be awesome when we go first, second, and I thwart you in the uh, in the finals. But uh, we'll we'll get to well, that. We we actually play in in the second matchup. Mm. It's you versus me. We, the, the first we or the first matchup is like two and a half weeks long. So, but That's in about a week and a half, you and I go head to head. So we'll have to come up with some sort of uh, on air wager to cut. You know. To... I'm in maybe like uh, in uh, Twitter avatar bet or mm-hmm. some, yeah something we do on I'm in whatever whatever you want so that game will start the 16th so yeah like mm-hmm. you said um, a week from the upcoming Monday that we have so not for a while but we will definitely we'll definitely have to do something and do we play do we play everybody once or twice you play once, everybody twice when's our second matchup Ooh, that'd be It'll July be like 2nd weeks after that or something yeah yeah July 2nd for that second matchup, and then our third matchup will be in the finals when I destroy you. So that'll be great. Okay. There, there are no playoffs. Oh, wait, what? There are no playoffs. playoffs. Oh, I thought there were playoffs. No. Well, guess we didn't read the rules all the way, I yeah, guess. No, it's, it's which, which I actually prefer because I cannot stand okay. head-to-head leagues with playoffs. Like I know a lot of people play it and stuff, and if that's the way you want to play – like good for you, but like I, I played I played in a long time home league with buddies, and no joke, six straight seasons had by far the most amount of wins going into the playoffs, and I never won the league. You lost. Oh man, that's frustrating. That's frustrating. In five of the six years, I made no money because I lost in the first oh, round and then lost that's... in the next matchup. Wait, and so there's I finished nothing fourth. for regular season. No, come on. No, no, you got to give something. You got to give something like whatever the prize pool breaks down, maybe a uh, 25% over the 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 entry fee. At the very 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 minimum, you got to get your money back for being the regular season winner. I like agree. I'm sorry. You cannot grind out that long, put up the most dubs and then have one shitty week in September cost you from getting a single dime. No, but I this I understand is why I, like I this is why I talk so much trash about head-to-head leagues is just I I I was burnt you know you know you have yep. those players who burn you and you'll never draft them again the yep. format has burned me so the many times format has you burnt no I, I I totally understand that gripe and it makes a lot more sense now why you're so anti because that that can't happen you guys and if you, your league is like that you got to change it the, the the guy who puts up the most dubs on five months or five and a half months depending on when the playoffs start they got to get something at the least their money back all right so uh we talked otani brandon belt patrick corbin is dealing by the way west coast biased here i freaking um i asked justin what players he wanted all west coast guys y'all i'm sorry well, well arizona's not on the west coast so i mean they're they're a west team i mean are they not are they not in the nl west do we have to be semantic 
it's the manticore the, right now. Is the, that the, like it's landlocked? There is no coast. Okay, okay, okay. Western por- portion of the map. <laughs> you favored all the western portion of the map, people. Patrick Corbin dealing league high twenty Ks in thirteen innings. Uh, shut down the Dodgers in his uh, in his most recent outing, seven and a third, one hit. It was a it was an excuse me little double down the line. Um, a little flare out by Kemp. Not 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 a well struck ball at all. It was definitely like whoa. I'm just trying to get something on this, and he flicked it out to right field. One walk, twelve strikeouts. That was after a solid outing against Colorado. Eight strikeouts, two solo shots, and five and two thirds. So he's been beasting. Patrick Corbin, you know, the humidor talk, and we can get into that. Like, first off, if you think the humidor has been proven to not work in any way, shape, or form. You are a dumb human, okay? But, I just but you, look at the numbers. But 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 they scored more than one run in a game. There, I thought well, every game was gonna be one nothing. They're averaging like three home runs a game, which is more than they did last year. My God, it's it's. I've listen. been feeling that fire, by the way, in, in my fantasy alarm uh, <laughs> daily article. Every day, I put I put a humidor update. I hate you. I hate you because you're <laughs> you're fostering stupidity, and people are like, I read Justin Mason. Humidor doesn't work. I knew it. I forget all your math. Listen, we don't know yet. But anyway, the bit one of the biggest things with the humidor and why it was going to be such a value to pitchers is their ability to grip the ball. And generally speaking, that's going to more favor uh, breaking pitches, you know, secondary pitches as opposed to fastballs. It certainly helps with fastballs, but it really favors secondary pitches. He's throwing a slider 51% of the time right now, an obscene 51% of the time. It already has a 3.1 pitch value. Um you know, 18% swinging strike rate. Patrick Corbin is dealing. You wanted to talk about him, I imagine, because of how good he is. Is this something that you're buying in on? Well, if you look in our little chat we've got on Skype, uh, I just just posted a link to a GIF that I tweet or I made and tweeted out, uh, and that's the big reason I want to talk about this because right, this is it's been amazing, and I I spent all night last night watching pretty much every single one of the pitches that he threw just on their own. Um, and the slider looks great. The fastball looks uh, very good. Uh, but he has no third pitch, and that is frightening to me. The changeup that you put, it's like 50 feet. You know, they're like, uh, oh, it's like a 59-footer bounced right in front of the plate. No, 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 this was like 10 feet in front of the plate. Yes. It was terrible. And he only threw two changeups the entire game. This, the other one had the exact same result. Ooh. He That's has. He cannot. He has no feel for the changeup. He is obviously afraid to throw it because he threw it twice to lefties, uh, and both times bounced in front of the plate to righties. Or sorry, to righties. Uh, and both times they bounced in front of the plate. Uh, like that is going to bite him eventually. So that's your concern: is that Corbin won't have that third pitch to consistently get righties out, mm-hmm. especially because there's going to be days when the slider's not. You know, dominating, and he doesn't have like over like over fifty percent of the time. Percent of the time, like you know, he's he's buying in. We're seeing more and more of guys get away from fastballs, Um, but you know, when it's like when it's just the fastball slider, it can be it can be a little bit concerning. Um, 
but it's hard to be against what he's doing right now. But I understand that your concerns on Patrick Corbin are going forward if he can't consistently get righties out with the slider because there's there's no changeup right now. Like you said, he's not even throwing it. Uh, it's barely registering. It's at a 1% right now. The most he's ever thrown it was 15% all the way back in 2012. Since then, it's been 10, 6, 10, and 9%. It's a show-me pitch. It's definitely not something that he has. Uh, but it's going to put a lot of burden on the slider with Patrick Corbin, so keep an eye on that. Um, he's an all-formats, always-start guy right now, though, isn't he? He is, but if you've got him, you got to try to sell him. Like, you okay, have so to. You're, trying, like, you're trying to sell out on, on Corbin right yeah. now with this big start. And you're not going to get something commensurate with somebody who has a 42% strikeout rate because obviously nobody believes that that's going to hold. But I do think you can get something – a good bit over the draft value that you paid. And that's the important part, right? You're, when you're trying to sell high, that doesn't mean you have to get a top three round asset for your Patrick Corbin, who you drafted in like, what, the 10th round or something. But if you get a, you know, fifth or sixth round at level asset for him, that's a huge return, isn't it? Well, especially like if you drafted, I'm trying to, I'm going to try to pull up his ADP real quick. If I can, I always have trouble finding it on, uh, <laughs> on their page. Got you. you. All right, you find it. Like let's like let's say if if you've got him, you've got him as probably your like fifth starter. Oh yeah, he was picked two nineteen. Oh yeah, so I mean, if he's your Ooh, fifth Toronto or sixth, yeah, if you if you you've got him as your fifth or sixth starter, more than likely, unless you lost Bumgarner, um, you know, or have had just really awful starts from the the guys who took above him, like your pitching should be somewhat stacked. And so, like, go get some offensive help. Like, yeah, go get one of those guys who is taken, you know, around pick one thirty offensively, and see see if you can make a deal for someone who's seeing, you know, this twelve strikeout performance and going, well, maybe this is the Patrick Corbin that we saw before the Tommy John surgery. Let you me know? give some names. Um, yeah, by the way, I was saying like tenth round versus like sixth he was drafted in like the 14th 15th round so then you're trying to jump up to say the eight nine maybe ten range uh, and some of the names in that area that you're talking about well here's another fast starter maybe you do fast starter for fast starter gregory polanco um let's see there's ian desmond he's off to a nice start but maybe somebody's looking to say hey i got a good start I, I, i'm i'm a little sketchy on i know that there are desmond folks out there that drafted him because he's in colorado and because he was kind of the last guy standing that aren't believers i've i've heard them talk on their podcasts and on twitter so there could be not everybody who drafts uh, a guy is a full believer in that player so don't don't feel that that's that's always the case there manny margot Domingo Santana, Matt Olson, um, let's see, Mike Moustakis, Didi Gregorius. You're not going to get him because he's also on fire right now. But yeah, these are the kinds of guys. Would you trade Patrick Corbin for Kyle Schwarber straight up? No. Oh, wait, you I were out hate, on Schwarber. Yeah, Schwarber. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were out on Schwarber. What about Kevin Kiermeyer going one, one yes. pick ahead of him? Okay. So that's the kind of that's the kind of range that you're going for. That's a really solid player. Um, again, you're not getting top five round sort of guy. Nobody's giving you their uh, Miggy or their um, Ozzy Albies, greatest player ever, of course, or their, or their Xander Bogarts who's beasting. But uh, I definitely think you can get a good good player. And like you said, with Corbin, you're likely having a really good pitching scenario because your, your 218th pick here is beasting. And as long as you didn't get a bunch of scrubs ahead of him, there should be some surplus there. So I can get behind looking to trade Corbin 
Um, I don't think it's a, a, a must, but I'm entertaining it for sure. Uh, let's talk about another guy who's just the worst because he's an he has an zero and two record, and like, how can you be good mm-hmm. if you're zero and two? And Clayton Kershaw, worst player ever, right? Zero and two, like yeah, outright I mean, cut in every format. Or do you think you could maybe maybe get something? You would take Schwarber for him, right? Just to get something. Yeah, I mean, you you've got. <laughs> <laughs> so he's zero and two. Uh, don't really care about that. That's that's a meme. We're joking. Twenty six percent strikeout rate, six percent walk rate. Uh, still has a 14% swinging strike rate, so I think the strikeouts are actually a little low for Kershaw. The one thing I will say is the homers are still there. Three homers in his first two starts. The homers really jumped up last year. They didn't affect him. He had a 231 ERA. They haven't affected him this year. He's got a 225 ERA so far. But uh, what what are your thoughts on Kershaw through two? Um, is it weird to you that the homers are coming off of lefties? Yes. Like that to me is weird. Uh, it's really surprising. I I think it's an anomaly. Um, okay, just a, just a weird small sample start sort of. Yeah, deal. I just you know I know a lot of people are like really scared about the velocity, but we've learned recently, and I think it's been updated over on Brooks Baseball that there was some mechanical issues going on with the equipment uh, tracking uh, the velocity in the first in his first start. And so his his velocity actually wasn't as low as people thought it was. Uh, okay. E- even uh, Dan Brooks even said it on Twitter that they were they were still dialing in some stuff, um, and uh, and now it's fixed. So I think people were freaking out over a little bit of nothing. Um, you know, this is still the best pitcher in baseball, and even without you know his his normal elite stuff, he still put up. Uh, a pretty nice start in his his first go around, uh, and you know it wasn't bad in his second go around either. Uh, I'm not worried about Clayton Kershaw one bit, and if someone is in your league, you should try to go buy immediately, even if it's yes. just for like like you know a, a third round player, like for, for or even like like because I'm glad you didn't say buy low because nobody's going to be no, giving yeah, no, Kershaw away. No one's but, trading Kershaw for for Kyle Schwarber, but Exactly. Like, but what about for Bregman? You know, yeah, Bregman, Judge. Mm-hmm. Um, not Jose Ramirez. We'll talk about him. He's, he's struggling. Uh, but yeah, somebody in that in the first three rounds, right? And and that that's the, as low as you're gonna get. And it would probably have to be somebody performing well from those first three rounds. You're not Freddie gonna Freeman. get. Yeah, you know, and if you if you are fine with hitting, your hitting's really working, your pitching isn't, and you would have preferred somebody like Kershaw, but he wasn't available to you, and you flip your Freeman for Kershaw, I like that. I, I'm I'm with you. I I have no problems buying. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, that, I think we're in the same spot there. We're we're buying even if it's a buy high on Kershaw. No no real need for panic there. Uh, Dylan Bundy's been great through two, including at Houston yesterday. I was really impressed with with what he was throwing out there yesterday. Uh, looking sharp, a little bit under the radar. Uh, there was some hype for him. In fact, uh, Jason w- was talking him up. I remember he wrote a wrote a wire piece over the winter, and we ended up talking about him on a podcast. I'm I'm a I'm a fan, but I didn't go out and like aggressively seek him out because uh, his dog shit teammate Kevin Gossman was drafted right around him, <laughs> and an, an actual good pitcher Michael Fulmer was also drafted around him. So I was taking Fulmer and Gossman 
I wish I would have just been taking Bundy in, in Fulmer. But uh, that's why I don't really have any shares. It was because of who was going around him more than anything against Bundy. But what have you seen through two? I like what I've seen, but there's still some of the same red flags. Uh, lefty's hitting 292, I think, off of him. Uh, and I mean, that was my biggest concern with Bundy is is that he's going to struggle against uh, heavy left-handed lineups. Okay. Um, and even in his first two starts, uh, he has struggled against lefties. Um, now, he's done a good job keeping the ball in the yard, which is a huge, huge help. Um, and he's not walking lefties. So, like, you know, the stuff he's, you know, struggling with is they're, they're just making contact. So I think that is an improvement. Um, and I mean, he's getting just a ton of swing and misses outside the zone. I mean, that's, it's been nice to to watch him just get the whiffs. It's looking like vintage, like prospect Bundy. Yeah. And for those who have been playing fantasy for a long time, uh, Bundy was like a top four or five pick. He was the guy, uh, yes. by the way, in terms him of Him and his prospect. brother, right? His brother was supposed to turn yeah, it into yeah, something. Yeah, Bobby Bundy was supposed to be on the come up, too, in uh, in Baltimore system as well. But obviously, not to the same level. But Bundy was like the guy. Mm-hmm. Who's like who's like the pitching prospect right now? I mean, Otani and Reyes are the top they're, of the charts. They're, 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 they're all hurt or anyways. suspended. Yeah, that's the thing. They're all it's, – it's weird right now. But, like, he was on a Strasburg kind of level. That's mm-hmm. I think that's a – fair way to say it and obviously injuries derailed that not that uh, Strasburg hasn't gotten hurt too but Strasburg's shown the greatness in the majors in between the injuries but Bundy was supposed to be that kind of guy he's 25 I don't rule out a massive breakout right no like that, I don't either you wouldn't even be surprised if he posted you know a, a 290 ERA with 200 strikeouts like that's not out of bounds for Dylan Bundy it's obviously the lower end probability and it, it, it would be a total breakout season but the fact that he's off to a great start beasting getting a lot of swings and misses is encouraging for sure and keeping the ball in the yard is the key point here that you mentioned no homers through two and uh, he's been a 1.4 1.5 homer per nine guy the last two years so that's going to be key Let's see how he does when he's at when he's at home when the weather warms up. He got Minnesota in that first series, but that's Baltimore in March. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it is when it's Baltimore in June. And if he keeps the ball in the yard, then Bundy definitely somebody that's going to continue to rise up my board. That's for sure. You have any final thoughts on him? No. Okay. Let's move on to Mike Fultonevich. I swear to God, if Mike Fultonevich has a good year, I'm going to lose my my crap, dude. <laughs> because Were you in on him before or something? Yes. And I was jocking him last year, and I'm chronically a year early, and I completely moved off this year. Like, I, you know, had a reckoning with him. I came to Jesus moment. I said, you know what? He's just a reliever. It's it's not going to happen. And I don't usually fully quit. You guys know I'm willing to like double down and 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 stick with a guy, but for this I was just like I I just think he's a reliever. I'm not really seeing it, and so I backed off. And he just fell down my board. Didn't get a single share. Never looked at Mike Fultonevich in a draft. Now two starts in, he's looking sharp. I will say, and I put this in the rundown, a little bit smoke and mirrors in terms of the overall effectiveness. Like I think there were four swinging strikes in the first game when he had seven strikeouts. And even in this game yesterday against Washington, he looked good um, throughout various parts of it, but he still labored 95 pitches in five and a third uh, to get the eight strikeouts. He's still a guy that is a, is a five inning guy. And, mm-hmm. and so to me, that's, that's saying that there's not really going to be a huge breakout here. I think even a, um, 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 
push forward. I don't. Even, I'm hesitant to even call it a breakout. That's why I'm struggling for a word. But even like a his best season, because it would if it, if this happened, it would be his best season. Would be like a 4.10 ERA, and and some strikeouts. But I, I'm gonna keep an eye on him. I'm not kicking myself yet, but I'm ready to be angry if Mike Fultonevich is having is having a breakout season. What what have you seen through two? I was really impressed with the start yesterday. So frustrating. I, mean, I, I understand. It was. It was really, really impressive against a really strong Nationals lineup. Uh, generated uh, a ton of ground balls. Um, the strikeouts were there. Uh, you know, Eight strikeouts in five and a third. I think you're right, though. Like This isn't a guy who is ever going to be able to turn over a lineup three times. And so, like, if you're in a quality starts league, it's going to be slim pickings in terms yep. of, of filling that category. And so, I mean, you didn't pay anything for him, so you just ride him out as long as this goes. But uh, he's still mainly a two-pitch guy. Um, you know, the the, the change-up is a little bit of a show-me pitch, uh, but it's not great. Uh, so, I think, and I just don't like righties in Atlanta. I just that short porch Ooh, for me. Tehran, my God! Like it's just it's it's so dangerous, and it's like it's great for the left-handed hitters in that lineup, and so you. It love was built it. for Freeman. The park yes. was built for like it, that. They had him in mind. There was there's no way they didn't. Oh yeah, for sure, and like and they should, but like this yeah, is course. like a reason. Like if you're looking at the big three uh, prospect pitchers that they've got coming up, like this is why I'm not getting shares of Mike Soroka. While I am getting shares of Gohara and uh, and Allard, is those two guys are lefties and Soroka's a righty, and as much as he's a ground ball pitcher, um, he, I there's going to be a lot of struggles in that park. And uh, so far, uh, Fulty, you know, Fulty did a good job yesterday of not uh, not giving up any home runs, but he gave up two to Philadelphia in his first game. So, like that's. You know, there are going to be games in which he gives up three or four home runs and your, you know, day is shot because of him. So, yeah, you know, I think he's one of those guys. Maybe I'll stream a little bit on the road. You know, maybe he's a good DFS option, too. Um, but I don't know. I, like, I, I'm not buying into this wholeheartedly. That's that, that's where I'm at. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to keep a close eye because it is somebody that I, I used to believe in and. I'll be open to see if I'm I'm wrong and there is some like full development here. But right now I would say, like you said, if you got him, just hang on. You paid nothing and enjoy it. You're not going to flip him for something great. It, there's no major sell high on Fulty. Nobody's paying you through the nose. Uh, just ride it out and try to be smart. And if you see a, a, a stack full of lefties coming in a lineup, sit him because you don't want to mess with it right now. Uh, because I don't think he has the pitches for it. All right, let's finish with a couple of hitters here. I mentioned briefly uh, Jose Ramirez that we would get to him. He's one for 23, which on its face would not normally bother me, right? I'm, we're both pretty smart about uh, not overreacting to the small samples and saying, hey, we need some time. Let's take a look. But uh, I think it goes a little bit deeper than that with Jose Ramirez because his bad ball profile is a complete mess right now. And – I didn't even think about this till literally just this second. If you also pair it with the with the playoffs, we're on a bit of a substantial cold snap here where Jose Ramirez has been out of his game. Uh, he is only striking out 4% of the time and, and walking 15. So it's like not that he's up there flailing, but the contact is awful. 64% fly ball rate. 
uh, 18% hard contact. He just seems to be a mess in the box right now. Jose Ramirez through 28, uh, excuse me, through 27 plate appearances is struggling. We're not saying danger. Will Robinson go sell for everything, but you know, I don't like seeing this with all the batted ball profile being a miss. What do you think of Jose Ramirez so far? Mm, I think this is a guy who's just pressing right now. And I trying think, to trying to get everything back in one at bat. Yeah, I think he's going for like a five run home run every time <laughs> he's up because I mean putting the ball in the air sixty three percent of the time is <laughs> that definitely screams I'm trying to hit a nine run homer. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to hit four homers in one at bat and like Jose, you, you you physically can't do that, dog. Come on. Yeah. He's like, but what if I hit it six hundred feet? Will that count for an extra home run? And they're like, no, no, stop, please stop. I mean, at least he's not like striking out. That's what I'm saying. So there, there like, is a positive there, and he is he's walking. walking a ton. So it's like he he's seeing the ball, but it's that when he decides to swing, it's been crap results. Yeah, I'm. You know, I may I need to go look at what people are throwing him. So I I got a feeling people are throwing uh, more sliders to him and okay. and staying out of the zone. Actually, a lot more breaking balls. You're right. 21% slider up from 13 last year. 18% curve up from 12 last year. Yeah, so people are attacking him differently because they're afraid of him. And he's not adjusting well to it. And I think that's just a matter of time. So I'm I'm not worried. Would you go by? Yeah. Why not? 21% O swing, not flailing out of the zone, which uh, fits well with with that strikeout rate. That's exactly what's happening. People are attacking him uh, outside of the zone. They're, uh, you know, and they're uh, they're they're throwing they're throwing junk to him uh, because they're afraid of him. And uh, right now he is struggling with that a little bit. But if if someone goes, oh man, this is this is the regression. This is the regression back yeah. to what he was. I gotta, I gotta jump off this train. Yeah, like. Uh, you know, then yeah, I'm if if I can get a discount, and again, you're not, this is like Kershaw. You know, it's not exactly like Kershaw, but I mean, this is somewhat like Kershaw, where you're not going to go give your you know tenth round pick. No, we're for talking Jose, one or two Jose rounds. Ramirez, but like, yep. like if I could trade someone, Starling I don't know. Well, I love Starling Marte, so I, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to do think, that. Oh, Mar- Marcelo Zuna. That that's that was gonna be the first name I said. I wish I would have said that one. Yeah, because he's doing fine, and that he was pick fifty five, and Ramirez was like pick twenty. So you know that's a couple round discount. What about? Uh, I don't think either of us liked him, so this one might be you know uh, tipping the scales in in our favor here just to give a name. But Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, I I, I wasn't a huge fan, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah I would totally do that. Uh, yeah, I would I would trade a Brayu. Especially if you had like a, if you ended up stacking your your corner with a like you a, got a Matt Chapman, Matt that, Chapman, or for, a, as a yeah. reserve, and you could put him in corner and move wherever you or, got first, yeah. Or Justin, yeah. If you have if Justin Smoke at corner, you move him. You, you bring up something like that. That'd or, be cool. Or if the guy who has, uh, who has Jose Ramirez has Will Myers, who just went on the DL. Boom. Like, you know that, like I mean, yeah, Weird that's that how I'm, Will Myers got hurt playing the out like who could have seen that coming 
that playing the outfield was going to put him at dealing with the issue though. It's like a nerve issue. Yeah, honestly, I don't know if it was from the outfield. I just I think he was dealing with it like at the start of spring training. This wasn't like something. This was okay. He was dealing with it before they signed Hosmer. So okay, yeah, I don't want to be an a hole and 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 try to like call scoreboard on that. I could be Uh, wrong too, though. (laughs) But uh, I definitely was worried that getting away from Mm -hmm. first was going to bring back his his issues. Here's one. Corey Seager for Jose Ramirez. I was that was the first one I was going to ask you. Uh, I was I totally do that because I really am afraid of Corey Seager. Same, and I I still love Jose Ramirez. So you know the the batted ball profile definitely got me worried. I think our investigation uh, quells those fears, especially with the plate skills, the no strike, one strikeout, uh, four walks, not swinging out of the zone. They're approaching him differently. He needs to adjust. I think Jose Ramirez will adjust. He's a full buy. And, you know, the further you can get, sixth round, seventh round, if you can give your your sixth, seventh round assets, good luck. But it's probably going to be your third, fourth, fifth round assets, and that's completely fine. I would I would buy high, as they say, because you're not going to get a major discount. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, last guy, Rugnet Odor is sucking rocks again. And um, it's weird, though. It, it, it's a weird thing where I'm not sure that this is a carryover from last year, and I'm saying, hey, move on. Because, again, I looked at the at the profile with it, and the strikeouts are actually down. The walks are way up. Now, these percentages are so weird that I don't— He has, he has I, two walks, by the way. Yeah, I don't want to— <laughs> I, I, I want to temper saying way up because, yeah, it's at 9%. That's cool. It's two walks. And so oh. um, a, a one for four with no walks today would greatly change that. But we're not seeing anything crazy in the plate skills. The batted ball is really weird, though. He has a 6% line drive rate. He's never been a huge line drive guy, but a 6%. And a lot of that's going to be uh, is, is in his— is in exchange for balls on the ground 50%, but only a 6% soft contact rate too. So he's hitting the ball a lot medium, 56%, and then his hard contact rate is staying high at 38%. Actually, a new career, it would be a career high if it held all year. So he's still hitting the ball well. Seems like he's finding some gloves um, and and just not just not getting the hits to fall yet. Are you worried about Rugnet Odor through through a whopping six games. How were you about him this year? Were you buying in? Yeah, I was right there with you. Okay, yeah, we were both, we were all, I think we were all, because I think Jason was too. So we were all buying in. I think this would be another buying opportunity personally. What do you think? I want everybody to rewind this podcast about five minutes and listen to what I just said about Jose Ramirez, because I'm literally going to repeat everything I said. Just Um, get it even cheaper, by the way, in terms of this buy. Because you can actually, I think, buy Odor, because someone might have bought in, saying, "Okay, it's going to change." Then they're already panicked because it's it's crap again. They're, they're pitchers are doing the exact same thing to Odor uh, that they're doing to Jose Ramirez. They're not throwing the fastball. They're 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 throwing breaking stuff and junk and and trying to get him to chase, and he's not actually doing it. Um, no, which yeah, is he... weird for him because <laughs> like that's his mo he is i'm changing. just gonna swing and he's not swinging 25 percent outside the zone so far this year uh that's down from 38.3 percent last year that's really good um and like you said like he is hitting the ball extremely hard but this is a dude that's pressing and he's trying to pull everything his pull percentage right now is 68.8 percent and he has zero oppo Wow, zero percent opposite field. Like he, so it's all it's all wonky right now. Yeah, he he's pressing and he's you know trying to pull everything. 
um, because he's a little bit frustrated and he he'll he'll find his way out of it. So um, I'm not you know, and this is like unlike Jose Ramirez, where you kind of expect him to just be a very consistent guy. This is what you have to expect with Odor. You have to just put him in your lineup and know that he is going to have a week in which he hits like eight home runs. Exactly. That's the thing. Like you, you, you can't, you can't just run away. And if you did buy in 23 point appearances should not be enough to say, Oh, I made the wrong decision, but, but it will be for some. So I would go check in. I don't think, again, you're not going all the way down and getting some 20th round pick, but try to go four or five rounds lower than what you paid and, and, and see what's up and then kind of work your way up from that. And, don't and insult. My advice always is like, when you try to go buy low on a guy like this, like one, don't do the like, hey, I'm going to give you the guy who who went a hundred picks later because yeah. people don't buy that. But also, don't do the one for ones. Look for like two for twos. I like it. Um, that kind of mat. Like here, I'm giving you some value here. Um, but at, in the end of the equation, you're gaining more value than you're giving up. Um, you know, going for the one for ones. Um, even if it's for different positions, people see that. They can see through that. It's harder to do the math that player A plus player B is greater than player C plus player D. Mm-hmm. No, so. I, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think that's a good way to approach it. And again, just, just have communication when you're doing trade talks too. Don't, don't, and never, 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 never be the guy that tries to acquire somebody and craps all over that guy. Mm-hmm. If he sucks so bad, why do you want him? Don't do that. And also never don't try to screw over your trade partners because there's only a limited amount of them in your league. Exactly. And and it's it's just not worth it. It's mm-hmm. just not, you might get over once, but then you're done trading with that person. Like they're not going to trade with you, so just have have fair trades. Uh, well, and then you get a reputation hard. in your league. You may not even ju- you may screw over one person, but now everybody's afraid of you. Yep, exactly, exactly. They they're like, ooh, this guy. Excuse me, this guy's a ripoff artist. I don't want to. Uh, I don't even want to mess with him. So yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. All right, Justin, that's going to wrap it up. I think uh, I think we're done here for the week. What do you got coming up this weekend? Doing anything fun? Uh, we got a draft, don't we? We do. We will have a draft. We're on the defending champion. Sure. That's right. Congratulations. George Springer's bathwater brought it home. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was... On the back of hard. Aaron Judge and Luis Severino and... You jerk. Yeah, who, you, who I then... I, I traded away Severino... Or no, I traded away Judge and Correa to, to secure that title. So... We'll, we'll... You got... Got to do it sometimes. Got to got to do it. So, uh, yeah, we'll do that. Hopefully, there's some some nice weather to enjoy. Take Charlotte for a walk. But uh, we'll be back next week talking more baseball. And Justin, stop cheating in your leagues, dog. Okay. I'm just, sorry. Just I, I like from... to win too much to not cheat. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And if you if you ain't first, you're last. All right, uh, Justin, have a go, man. I'll talk to you later.